Welcome to Grief Matters, a podcast where we talk about matters related to grief and why talking about grief matters. I am Blythe Landry, and today my guest is Megan. Megan is going to be talking with me about a very important topic in the grief realm, which is the topic of being ghosted. So when I talk about ghosting, it means anyone we've come to care about, connect to, trust, feel safe with, rely upon, that that really cuts us off, either abruptly, either aggressively, or either like very painfully with complete silence and leaves us questioning, wondering, waiting, uncertain what we did or why we did it and leaves us in a, in a real, real deep place of pain. So let's get started. And the first thing I want to do is just introduce Megan. So Megan, welcome. Thank you. Okay. So Megan came to me about six months ago, right, Megan? Yeah for coaching, uh, for grief coaching. And she presented with an issue that was not not uncommon at all in my work and in my personal life and knowing people who have experienced this, which is that she had been ghosted by someone she was madly in love with. And so I'm gonna let Megan share a little bit about why she contacted me, the story about what happened to her, as well as the real gravity of pain and, and, and heartache that this caused her. So Megan, why don't you just dive in? Okay. So, um, I came to you kind of very openly about therapy in general. Um, I had a horrible experience where I was in love and the day that it was a long distance relationship. And so the morning I was coming to see him on was supposed to be our last, our trip together. He called me the morning I was supposed to leave and was just like, hey, I just introduced you to my family. And they found, you know, some of your stuff on the Internet because I've been in the adult industry for years. And they were like, I, he was like, I just can't do this. I was like, you just discussed a engagement ring with me last year and brought me to meet your family out of town. Like, <laughs> what? I was more than confused. Of course. And I'm going to frame a little bit this of this for the listeners, just because you and I know each other really well, and I want to make sure they understand sort of the situation at hand. So when Megan contacted me, she let me know that she was a, an, you know, an entertainer in the adult industry. And part of the reason I chose her for this podcast was because I want people to see and know and understand that Megan is this normal, amazing, intelligent, thoughtful, intuitive human being who just happens to do work in an industry that a lot of people don't understand. On top of that, when Megan contacted me, she was in an excruciating amount of pain. And um, what happened was that the person that she had come to know intimately and be in love with and whom had promised her a life together in no uncertain terms um, had a situation where their family found out what Megan did. And so went from being loving and consistent and compassionate and kind to truly, truly demonizing her. And so, Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you met this person, okay? Okay. And how you presented yourself and how honest you were when you met this person. Okay, so we basically met through, um, like, another podcast that I was coming on as a guest on. So he knew exactly what I did and only met me through, like, my stage name. And we were more than open and upfront from day one about what I do. 
and then he was very open and upfront with me from day one about certain mental health issues that he has Mm -hmm. and I would never be coming from a marginalized group like the adult industry I would never not get to know someone or be put off by um, someone that has like a mental health issues especially when they're upfront about them and they seem to really um, be self-aware and working on them actively he was in therapy and I, I just had no experience being close to someone with the things that he had from like OCD to general anxiety to mm. past dependency issues and like a lot of childhood abuse. And no matter what you think the stereotypes are for girls in the adult industry, I don't have experience with those things. So I was just very open-minded and like, I'll oh, support you. And he was very supportive and loving to me. I wasn't, I'm not in the realm of the adult industry where I'm, working with other men so it wasn't really a problem we just fell in love and there was like talk of a future together and just you know talking constantly I've never been so loved so or you've never felt so loved I've never felt so I want to I want to be you know indicate that nuance there because being loved indicates that the other person has the capacity to consistently show up in love right but he did do what a lot of people do uh, especially people with that have mental health challenges and things that are um, that they're dealing with, like a lot of us do, right? He kind of dove in head first and made yeah. you all these promises, which perhaps there wasn't maybe a foundation in which to build on, right? There was definitely red flags for day one. <laughs> yeah. I just felt like he was sort of putting on a show that he would put on for any girl he was super into. I felt like maybe I'd come to feel like he wasn't, in love with me, but I was sort of like an object of his obsession. Mm. Yeah. So when you contacted me, this was what I recall happening. And again, you know, we've agreed, Megan and I have agreed to share this stuff together so that it can help other people. Okay. So when Megan came to me, you were, you were at the bottom and, and you actually, um, what had happened was this person was very intimately aware of what you did, was actually involved in helping you promote your business, um, 100%. made complete uh, you know, iterations that they were completely supportive and on board. And when their family did some reconnaissance work on the Internet, so to speak, they found some things that were less than flattering and from a very long time ago and effectively demonized you to him. And... He responded to that in kind. And Absolutely. why don't you tell us a little bit about how he responded and how sort of that began to be constituted as a form of ghosting from this person that, again, you thought you were going to be with for the rest of your life. Totally. What the beginning of the end was the week that he had me fly out to out of state across the country to go meet his family and stay with them for a week. So we stayed with them for a week, and it was wonderful. We had a great time. They were great. He kind of gave them a hint that I'm kind of been in the built industry. I've done penthouse and modeling, things of that nature, and dancing. From teaching pole dancing to dancing in strip clubs, I've done that. So he kind of just let them know a little bit about that. So I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I'm very comfortable with what I do. So if they had any questions, I was totally open to answering them and just open discussion. That's how it should be. So they had a great time. Everything went great. Three days later, I get home, and I'm getting ready to go fly to go see him for a few days. I'm ready to get on the plane. I had some work to do for a couple days on the East Coast, and then I was going to go stay with him right after. 
and he called me that morning and was like, we need to talk. I so and so, I don't know why I'm working so hard to hide what you do from everyone. And I just can't do this right now. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do this right now? We have like flights to Costa Rica in two weeks. Like everything's all set. We've got so much travel ahead. And he was like, no, I just, it's all canceled. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then, yeah. And then what ensued was just a series of demonizing messages that really right. didn't offer you any resolve, right? No, because he basically, we ignored each other a little bit. We kind of handled the flights and the canceling of that, the logistics. But as far as like, really, I didn't understand what really happened. And he wasn't willing to give me a response. There was one conversation we had about 10 days later, because I got really sad when I got home, because he kind of helped me move into this place that I live in. And now, and so I coming home and feeling broken every time. I'm like, wow, this is so lonely. So we had a quick conversation where he was kind of calling me baby and I love you. And he was kind of sleepy and it was just a quick five minute conversation. And it wasn't, I wasn't really ready to talk. So I didn't want to get too into it. And then I woke up the next morning and he had blocked me from social media. I asked him what that was about. He completely ignored me for like, uh, about 10, another 10 days, mm -hmm. another miserable 10 days for me. I was so hurt. I was spinning like a top with anxiety and pain, just not knowing what even is really going on. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote me this very long, unnecessarily narcissistic, <laughs> long email about everything and our, just basically summing up our relationship about everything that I would never want anyone else to read private stuff from everything about how much he loved me and how we would were making love and the distance felt like nothing to how uncomfortable he was when he would walk into my spare bedroom and see my framed magazine mm -hmm. covers. <laughs> like, I'm like, you just encouraged me while we were staying with, with your family to go take my pictures for my website, like encouraging me writing emails as me for my work, trying to get me more advertising, right. whatever. And then he went on about how horrified he was at some of the things. I'm like, you told me nothing except how vanilla you think me and my friends are. Well, and, and the people that you yeah, met. I think so. To go from, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish. Go ahead, sweetie. Sorry. Just to go from like going, oh, your little life. You're just such a housewife. You just go to your gym. Like understanding my lifestyle and calling it so vanilla to them treating me like, like I am so, like he's so angry and hateful and mm -hmm. he was yelling at me at one point. We had one, we've only had one FaceTime conversation since we broke up and it was just, he was angry. He was like, why, why would you do that? I'm like, what, why don't we have this conversation before? Yeah. And one of the things, one of the things that really stands out to me and I try to tease things out so people can you know, hear certain parts too, um, is that it's the bait and switch, right? It's the, it's, I'm one person and then I'm another person, which is sort of a part of some types of ghosting, right? It's, I think you, I, I'm going to show you who you should think I am. And then I'm going to become a completely different human being when something no longer serves me. And that is excruciating and damaging for someone. And, you know, when Megan contacted me, when you contacted me, you were having thoughts of suicide. And well, yeah. So 
let's back up this email thing. This was the worst part. This is the part I'm still having a hard time getting over. This email about us making love and like how we're not compatible because of what I do. All these things he should have had a conversation with me about in person. He showed this email to his whole family, the ones who encouraged him not to be with me. And I'm sure all of his friends and everyone that I opened my heart and mind to. And it was just, that's to this day, I'm mortified when I think about that. Yeah. So that was probably three weeks after the breakup. By the time, after that, we never, he never talked. He blocked me. No response to any, not that I was calling him and texting him. I pretty much got the message. But about five or six weeks in, I was not feeling any better. It was like it had just happened. I was feeling shock and, like I said, anxiety like I've never felt before. I've never had real depression. I've had a little bit of situational depression, but this was on another level. So by week five, I was not getting any better. And I finally, after having more than like suicide ideation, like I was planning, the only thing that was really made me feel better was writing out a suicide note and planning it out. And so at that point, I reached out to my mom, which I feel bad about even reaching out to her, but she's my best friend and I tell her a lot. And then I reached out to a friend of mine who's like a behind the scenes in the adult industry and mainstream. And she immediately gave me your number. And that as soon as I just got in touch with you, knowing that I had help on the way, even if we couldn't talk that night, helped me tremendously. It took a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah, and it took a lot of courage on your part. Uh, you know, Megan, I hear how much pain you're still in, and I also know personally how much progress you've made. But this is something that takes a really long time. And one of the things I want to highlight here about Megan is that this is not a person, you know, we think of suicidal thoughts, we think of those things, and this is something that Megan, you and I have talked about a lot. One of the things that, you know, is, is, is not true of Megan is that she doesn't have a huge trauma history. She doesn't have a history of wanting to end her life. She doesn't have a history of mental illness or depression. Well, and, you know, a lot of the people I work with do, and that's a di totally different thing that people are dealing with. But what we really wanted to highlight here today is that you can be a person who is very mentally sound, confident, healthy, successful, has awesome family, supportive friends. And when someone does this kind of bait and switch, we'll call this the bait and switch ghosting, because there's different types of ghosting. There's ghosting where someone just never responds to you again. There's ghosting where someone like cuts you out of their life in a, in a you know, a, a way that is unexpected. There's also ghosting like in schools where kids like literally just stop talking to certain friends and don't look at them anymore. And then there's this type of ghosting where someone literally does a complete bait and switch and becomes a completely different human being and demonizes you. And so it's really important to get that message out there because you don't have to be a person who's struggling mentally to be traumatized by something like this and actually to consider hurting yourself in a way that would be life altering literally because of the pain and the confusion and the mixed upness, so to speak, that happens, you know? And so um, I, I think that was something that we really wanted to get across, right, Megan? Definitely. Yeah. Also, I know that I was listening to a podcast about the, um, there was like a, a hack 
in the Ashley Madison, which is like a site yeah, for yeah. people to cheat on their yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a hack, yes. We have our own opinions about that. But one of the men that got hacked into was like a priest or a preacher of some oh, sort. Gosh. And he ended up taking his own life. And I just remember you telling me the shame and embarrassment that it's not like real shame for what I did, but I'm so humiliated that he was showing these text messages and not defending me because it was because of what they mm -hmm. saw and how unnecessary it was to even tell me what they saw. Yeah. And I think that the public, and on top of the ghosting, you've also been publicly humiliated, which is kind of a totally different area, but that has only enhanced the trauma around this. And he has continued to publicly humiliate you, which is a whole different area that you're having to deal with. You know, I think one of the things about you, Megan, that is so incredible is you are a really bright, hardworking, willing human being. And one of the things that I want to bring out of this that Megan has taken from this is that, you know, you said very consciously, you could easily have focused all of this on him. But what you've really started to work on is the kind of people that you're willing to allow into your life, the kind of patterns you've had related to men and men and the way that they treat you. And also realizing that like, you did love him. And so you did sort of stuff down those red flags. Never that this was your fault. Obviously, when someone else does something this horrific, it is never, ever, ever your fault. But the only thing that we can move forward with is like, how can we change the course of the future? Right. And yeah, absolutely. This looking back, I see that my real goal reaching out to you was to make sure that I don't allow anybody like this to manipulate me the way he did mm -hmm. ever again. Knights in shining armor no longer allowed, my friend, right? <laughs> because exactly. anyone who's trying to rescue us when we are not broken, you were never broken. And 100%. if he was attempting to rescue, that is a sign that they are broken. And that doesn't mean we're here to judge this person. And it doesn't mean we're here to demonize him either, because clearly he's got some challenges and he's got some things going on. And we hope that he's getting the help that he needs as well. Okay. Um, I know, I know. I see your face. You're like, well, we can kind of demonize him. I just want yeah. to say that out loud too, but I no, want, go ahead. I, I don't want to demonize anyone, but this is my first time dealing intimately with a, someone with like a personality disorder and the way he was so seemingly self-aware really made me feel very comfortable and let my guard down because he was like, oh, you know, I was broken. I'm working on myself now. And you seem so vanilla and so calming and soothing. You have the soothing effect on me. I'm like, oh, great. And then all of a sudden overnight, I was this, he was so angry and hateful towards me. And yeah. then he was referring to me as broken and mm -hmm. I'm damaged and living this toxic lifestyle. And I was like, you know my lifestyle. You've commented on how vanilla it is. <laughs> like, well, you're, you're anything but broken. I mean, you're one of the most together people I've ever met. Truly. No one's ever yeah. drawn that conclusion from no, me after. Right. Ever. Yeah. And so I want you to share a little bit about, cause you know, I want to be respectful of people's time and, and also your time. But I, I want to ask you maybe if you had to give people, cause Megan is not in a cute suffering anymore okay so i don't want people to be worried she's okay right megan you're okay definitely you still have pain but that's part of this but you're not in danger of yeah. self-injury or anything and so what are the three things do you think that we've done or you've done or this is all done that you would give people as like a suggestion like if you are getting this kind of experience no matter what your 
you know, professional background. This has happened to almost everyone I know. Uh, straight couples, gay couples, friends, you know, neighbors, family members. I mean, this happens, you know. Uh, kids on the school schoolyard. This is happening all the time. It's become more and more, like, okay, quote, unquote, in this day and age. It's, it's horrifying. So um, what are the three things, if you could just think of three things that have helped you kind of get back to a functioning mode? Oh, so much. And, well... It's so funny. I have one of my best friends is like called me up the other day and he didn't understand. He was very angry because his daughter who's in college had just gotten ghosted for the first time. He's uh, like, what, what is this? What? I don't understand. Is this? I'm like, oh, it's a thing. It's happening now. It's called ghosting. <laughs> and I had to kind of explain to him. People. Yeah. Like, so angry. He's like, dudes don't do this. <laughs> like, well, everyone. Don't do yeah. This. So what are the three things for you though that, you know, oh, help. Meditation, um, obviously, coaching has helped tremendously. Mm-hmm. Meditating and the writing down things mm-hmm. about, that either I'm grateful for or that I love about myself every day has changed my perspective. And it's really built a solid foundation so that I know that when I am in the process of healing, I'm building a strong foundation to when I'm feeling less pain it's not I'm not worried about it coming back and hitting me and like also a good cushion for grieving or hurting is to keep my home very clean Mm. organized laundry put away eating healthy and taking care of my body and that just gives me a foundation so that when I am having those high grief days as you talked about in your last podcast Mm -hmm. I can really focus on the grief and not sort of feel even more weighed down by the fact that I have am in a messy environment at home or my body's not healthy or things of that nature. That's super so helpful. those three things are tremendously helpful. That's really good. And, and you also are really good at leaning into your supports, including me, and asking for help when you need it, which I would give as your fourth thing that you really are good at doing. Absolutely. Know? As soon as this happened and I wanted to escape the pain, when I was thinking about suicide, it was like, okay, I can think about suicide or I can reach out and yeah. try to make yeah. sure that I don't let this happen to me again. Yeah, and so I today, you know, the real goal here is is really to help you see that ghosting is alive and well. It's happening to so many people. It's also to help you see that a very, very stable, together, financially sound, successful person can be walking in the world, having not a care in the world, and something like this can horrifically impacts the course of their life, potentially in a, in a permanently damaging way. And that's a really important message to get across. And, you know, if you're out there and you're a person who either has been ghosted, okay, we want you to know that we understand that, you know, you can certainly contact me through my website, BlytheLandry.com, or my Instagram, BlytheLandryCoach. But also, okay, if you are afraid and you're in a relationship with someone, friend, family, neighbor, partner, uh, you know, whatever, and you're considering doing something like this to someone, I want you to know that you don't have to do it. There are other ways to end a relationship if it doesn't feel good for you than to demonize, cut off, you know, punish, confuse a person because your actions have an a reaction on this planet and they affect other people. And so I really want you to take a second thought. And so really consider a second, a third and a fifth time before doing this. Or if you have ghosted someone, okay. 
and you are hearing this or you're thinking about it, reach out to that person and let them know it was you and it wasn't them. Just something that simple can literally transform that other person's life. You know, not everybody who goes someone is a horrible person. Most people are not, they're afraid. And you know, there are other solutions. We have to be kinder to each other. So I, I want to thank Megan for being this vulnerable. I want to thank her for putting her trust in, in coaching. And, you know, Megan, is there any last thing that you would like to say just to everyone out there? Yeah, you know, I tried going on a date a couple times, and it just, I would have these, like, anxiety, and I just knew I wasn't ready. And instead of ghosting, even though, like, it would have been just so much easier just to not respond to, to this ghost person, your date. Right. Like, date, yes. I was like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm just a little overwhelmed right now. Yes. It's not a good time for me. And he would completely understood. There was no hard feelings. It was just the honesty is so appreciated. As I was telling my friend's experiences with his daughter, I go, you know, it's it's comparable to when you have a loved one go missing mm-hmm. instead of knowing that they die. Yeah, it is. And I think that's beautiful that you've taken your pain. Not only are you changing yourself for the better, but you're realizing that you never want to go out and harm anyone else again. And I think that's the least of which we can take from our painful experiences. So thank yeah. you so much for being here, Megan. Thank you so much for listening. And um, keep looking forward. The next podcast episode is going to be about grieving the loss of a parent. So keep coming, keep checking in, and thank you so much for your support. And we'll look forward to connecting again soon.